As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Glad Tidings, the Athletics Everton FC podcast. And of course, it is a big week for Blues. There's a buzz in the air on Merseyside and there's that feeling of anticipation, excitement, dread, in brackets. Call it what you will, but there's a Merseyside derby on the horizon. Paddy and I have been, have been, as you would imagine, absorbed with this prospect all week. Thinking about different permutations for uh, you know the record, where we are up to now and what might happen. But before we get into that, there have been a host of international games uh, in the last, well, since football uh, finished for us after the Brighton game, and Paddy's been keeping an eye on them. It's funny, just before I start talking about the international stuff, I just, it's funny, isn't it? I'm, you're talking about a buzz in the air. I, I think I can hear a plane in the air, and it's, it's another one of our usual kind of sound sound effects in the back of the podcast. We have <laughs> We have everything from noisy fridges to... Chirping seagulls. Now we're throwing planes into the mix, flying Aircraft. over the Liverpool city centre. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, interest, interesting landscape for a pod. But but yeah, I'm kind of interested in in talking about the the, the lads on international duty: Jordan Pickford, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Ben Godfrey, obviously the new signing who who I watched for a piece in midweek, and the all important one: the health of the South Americans. It just it, it feels like. It's a cure. It's been a curious international break in so far as ordinarily I find them quite boring. I try to zone out from football, certainly international football, for a little bit. But here we've had so many important issues to focus on. Uh, James Rodriguez being away with Colombia, one of those issues. Calvert-Lewin making his England debut. And then how this all fits into the Everton picture looking at the the Merseyside derby and you carry that a step on and who'll be back who'll be fit all those kinds of things so um, it's allowed Everton I think what it has done is the international break and and I have actually found this one boring I thought the England game the other night was particularly dour and Mm. and dreary for for most of the 90 minutes if not all of it but I think what it has done it's allowed Everton to recuperate some of those players you look at Alan, Seamus Coleman, and some of the guys that didn't go away. They were injured beforehand, but now they've they've managed to get back to full fitness, we believe. And Carlo Ancelotti thinks that 
those guys and Andre Gomez could well play in Saturday's derby. So that's that's a that's a rare positive. And normally, I'm don't know about you, but I'm quite fatalistic when it comes to Everton players going away on international duty because yeah. I expect them to to pick up injuries or have their heads turned by by players at other clubs. Well, yeah, indeed. You know, it's it's never been a good thing really from a blue point of view, has it? And uh, you're watching it through gritted teeth and hands over your eyes when you're looking at the likes of. Luca Dean picking up an injury against Croatia for France and uh, we're hoping, well, we're keeping everything crossed that he'll be all right, aren't we? Yeah. I don't know if you saw his assist just before he went off. France were playing Croatia in the Nations League away from home and there's a there's a cross-field ball from Paul Pogba, the kind of ball that James Rodriguez or Andre Gomez play nine, ten times a game to Luca Dean and it's, it's kind of airbound, this ball, and Dean manages to first time connect with a volley and play it into the path of Kylian Mbappe in the in the six yard box who scores. Just such a fantastic piece of play. And I think it kind of goes to show, goes to symbolise for me, summarise and sum up why and how mm. Luca Dean has become so important to the to the equation for Everton. And yeah. it was then particularly annoying to see him limp off with what looks like a knee injury shortly after that moment, late on in the game against Croatia. I mean, we've we've been trying to get to the bottom of what's up and whether he's likely to miss the derby. And I think the first thing that we, we were both told really was that it's not expected to be serious. He'll need to undergo tests, but it's not expected to be a serious injury. And he wasn't being ruled out of the Merseyside derby at that point. If he were to miss it, that would obviously be a, a, a massive blow to Everton. So, so fingers crossed. But I don't think it... Don't think necessarily, and we're recording on Thursday, so we're awaiting the news of the test results. But it doesn't sound at this stage like it's it's particularly bad. Certainly not long term. So uh, yeah, fing- fingers crossed for Luca Dean there. Just if if you've not seen that goal, the Mbappe goal on the cross from Luca Dean, then check it out because it it is a wonderful piece of football. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, I haven't actually, but I think um, describing it, you've whetted my appetite there and it just underlines again why, as excited as we all are about, about Neos and Kunku, why Dean's mm. such an important player. So let's um, just let's wish that he can uh, can can recuperate quickly and that, as you say, um, the suspicion that it's not so serious is true. Um, there's that 747 doing its second lap of your uh, your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it's going, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, bringing, it's bringing the players back. It's bringing Luca Dean back from Paris. Could well be. Um, <laughs> well, of course, uh, in terms of players that we've seen a lot of, there's one who will be on the bench, you would imagine, on Saturday, who we've seen very, very little of, and that is 
our last addition on deadline day, Robin Olsen. But he's one of our more interesting in terms of the window. Um, obviously mm. not as high profile, but he is someone who's brought in. I would suggest to do a little more than, than just to uh, to play second fiddle to Pickford and, and to be a stand-in in the sense of even Martins to Kallenberg a couple of seasons mm. ago or, or Jonas Lossel slash Virginia. He's a keeper who's come in from, from Roma. So, you know, he wasn't starting there. I've, I've written a piece this week about his career arc, certainly his kind of last 12 months, which on the surface of it doesn't look too, you know, auspicious. He, he was <laughs> off to, he, he was replaced uh, unceremoniously at Roma. You know, they brought in Paolo Lopez. They wanted to go in a different direction. Some some people watch Loma, Roma even, you know, People watching Roma and Everton tell me on Twitter, look, he's he's not he's not up to the task. You know, he, he had a tough time. But then you speak to people who, who watched him in his initial spell after he went there in 2018, and he he had a really strong start. Remember, he sort of denied Cristiano Ronaldo uh, three times in one game uh, over at the Allianz, and a lot of potential when he went there. It didn't work out, and he he spent part of the last season on loan. A Cagliari, and we spoke to Walter Zenger, who was a coach for part of Olsen's spell there. And again, he was replaced at, at Cagliari when when their first first choice uh, was fit again. Um, so you might look at it and go, "Well, if he's, you know, is he someone who's going to push Pickford?" But Zenger was certainly in the piece that we that, that we did on the site this week. Very, mm. very confident that he can do that, and and. Equally, I looked at some Opta stats. Uh, I don't know if you saw them, Pad. That yeah. suggests that um, yeah, and you know it, it. It's not like for like because obviously Pickford played a lot more games, and you know um, different defense, different defense. But then arguably, arguably Everton, you know, is a better defense than than Cagliari, and certainly finished higher in their respective leagues. But Olsen's stats were better. Yeah, but well, I thought that was quite interesting actually, but. I think it all needs to be put in the context of mm. Jordan Pickford's last kind of, would we say, 12 to 24 months? Yeah. Where he, I mean, certainly last season, I remember sending you a number of different infographics from stats providers, which effectively had him right at the bottom of the league in terms of saves he should be making, goals, expected goals against, that kind of stuff. So I think for quite a while now, Jordan Pickford's been performing at a low level in terms of his, particularly his shot stopping, but maybe in other areas as well. And Olsen in his time at Cagliari obviously improved on those stats. It wouldn't, to be honest, it wouldn't be too hard to improve on those stats, given where Pickford's been um, over the last few years. And I just, I think this is interesting because we're pretty certain, looking at what happened on deadline day, that Olsen wasn't the first choice. Everton went for first Sergio Romero and were denied by Manchester United, then Paolo yeah. Gazzaniga at, at Tottenham. Yeah. And neither club sanctioned the move because Everton wanted a loan and those clubs wanted to sell those players. I think in Manchester United's case, they were maybe asking a little bit too much for somebody who's 33 and, and a third choice keeper. But then Everton eventually get to Robin Olsen and it's quite clear that they were looking for somebody to push Jordan Pickford to potentially even compete with with him and I, I have my doubts to be honest as to whether Robin Olsen was that man hmm. but I, I enjoyed the in particular in your piece I enjoyed the the stat stuff but um, particularly the Zenga 
quotes the way he described Olsen as a goalkeeper and I just just wondered I mean for anybody that's not read the piece would you just be able to kind of give an insight into what particularly Zenga was saying about Olsen as a keeper his traits his attributes all that kind of stuff yeah and, and I certainly will and then if, if you're not a subscriber and you, you want to read the full piece um, do do head over to theathletic.com Everton pod so that's theathletic.com forward slash Everton pod and you can take advantage of that one pound a month intro offer that we've had running um, for a couple of weeks now. It really is good value, I think. Um, and you can you can read the full piece. But of course, yeah. To to summarise, what Zenga was saying was, this is someone who's who's physically different from Pickford. Anyway, you know he's he's um, proper man mountain. He's a huge mm-hmm. guy. Uh, I think he's six foot four. He said that his frame virtually fills the goal. Um, <laughs> so, it, it kind of in that sense, maybe different f- from Pickford. But also that, and crucially, what, which may have been what's attracted him to, to Everton when they've looked at it, is that I think he has a, a cool head, uh, a steadfastness, and a, a calm, a sense of calm in games. That's uh, that's that's boded well for him and seeing him become yeah. Sweden's number one, uh, certainly on a consistent basis. And it should be interesting to, to see how that contrasts with Pickford, who, whilst you know as a shot stopper at his best, he's probably in that elite bracket. But when it comes to his mentality, there have been flickers of, of that still being an issue, I would say. So that's going to be yeah. interesting to see uh, to see whether he offers something different there. No, I, I would completely agree. And I think the next logical step, if we want to talk about the Merseyside derby, is whether you think, first of all, Pickford is in danger of losing his place for that game. But then I guess second of all, would you like to see Olsen get the nod in, in this match. I think it's probably one of the few selection dilemmas, if you want to call it that, that Ancelotti has ahead of the weekend because the rest of the side, provided everybody's fit, more or less picks itself. I don't think any blue would, would argue with James, DCL and Richarlison leading the line. don't think many blues would argue with Alain Ducore being in midfield. Maybe there's a question mark over Gomez or Sigurdsson, who plays there. But again, if, if Mina and Michael Keane are, are, are fit, as particularly in Keane's case, they should be. Bit of a doubt over Mina. He, he's got a, a thigh injury that um, made him miss Colombia's game against Chile in midweek. But in most of the other positions, Coleman at right back, Luca Dean, if he's fit at, at left back, I think you've got pretty cast iron guarantees. It's going to be interesting to see what he does with the goalkeeping situation, isn't it? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It is. It's going to be really interesting. I don't think, given the noise Ancelotti's has made, and look, I could be, I could well be wrong here, because Pickford wasn't, um, let's say, at his best for England on Wednesday yeah. evening either. Although I, th- I don't think you could blame him for the penalty. It um, wasn't a penalty, by the way. No, no, no chance. I mean, you could certainly look at some key moments, even at the end, of the free kick with the clock ticking down, Calvert Lewin in the box, some of the good big players you wanted to put in the mix, and he just shanks a. A terrible free kick and, and and the whistle goes shortly after. I don't think anyway that he will lose his place for Saturday. I think Ancelotti will persist with him, and I think if we're going to see Olsen, um, it might be it might be perhaps in different games where you 
can take more perhaps of a risk but I'm sure a lot of people would say that Pickford's form at the moment is a risk inherently in itself we, we'll see um, general thoughts on, on the derby pad it's uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because you and I have just finished writing a piece that you, you'll see on, on the site tomorrow uh, Friday that is about Everton's record and you know sort of looking into why that's been so abysmal but um in many ways, and we've said this before, we've been in this position before, it's a good time to play Liverpool. Is it? Is it a good time to play Liverpool? I <laughs> well, I was, as you were saying that, I was, I was kind of going through the mental maths in my head and trying yeah. to come up with an answer. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of of the opinion, based on past derbies, that it's never a good time for Everton to play Liverpool. Well, um, yeah, I'm with you on that, unfortunately. It's been, well, that, that's the way it has been now for, for a decade. And, and as we all know, as has been drummed into us repeatedly, over the last couple of weeks, it will be 10 years to the day since Everton last beat Liverpool when they set foot on that pitch at Goodison Park. So yeah. it, it's too long, as certainly as Tim Howard said to said to me when I spoke to him for the piece, it's too long, far too long. He said 10 years too long, and I like that attitude. Um, Everton should aim to be much more competitive in derby games. But I do, I do think that... This one feels a little bit different. The build-up feels a little bit different insofar as we've had less of that kind of Evertonian fatalism, slightly less of it, and people have been excited about seeing Everton back again. Part of that is to do with the fact that, as we said, the international break's been pretty boring, save for Calvert-Lewin's goal on debut against Wales. And people just want Everton back anyway. People want Premier League football back on their TVs because it, it tends to be more exciting. But I think another part of that is just how well Everton have played in the opening seven games of the season. And everyone's excited about James Rodriguez being back in, in, a, in an Everton jersey, Calvert-Lewin leading the line, Richarlison coming in from the left. All those kinds of things that have been missing over the last week and a half. So... Slightly curious build-up in, in a number of different ways, including the, the international break, the elongated break between games, but also the fact that there's a bit more confidence here. But I, I don't know about you, I, I sense a little bit more optimism about this one, purely because of the manager that's in situ and the way the players have been so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that confidence is not just among the fans, it's it's among the, the players, certainly the former players. Um for the piece that, that we've been discussing here, I, I spoke to Jose Baxter, former Everton player now over in the States, playing alongside and for Tim Howard, who Paddy spoke to. And um, I started off by asking Jose why he thinks Everton haven't won a derby for so long. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I think now looking at Everton more than ever, and people might say, oh, you're not strength in, strength in debt-wise. I yeah. think Everton are certainly, certainly on par, if not better than Liverpool right now. I think you look at Liverpool and two or, two or three injuries in terms of top players. And, you know, although the young kids, I really like Curtis Jones. I think he's brilliant. I, I think he's a good player. Um but you, the, the likes of him, you've got um, you got Wilson, you've got that other kid like Oxlane Chamberlain's injured. You've got uh, Shakiri, like decent enough squad players. But you know, throw them in derbies, are they really going to do it? Like I don't, I don't know. But you look around Everton, you've got two or three players in each position now, and they, they look for me, they look solid, the best I've seen them in terms of 
squad wise for a for a long long time. You look at the manager, you look at the the staff, you look at recruitment wise and that, and it, it's starting to look like a proper proper club where they they should be. It's you know it's a top top club and we need to be competing in with top four, top six, and and now it's starting to look like hang on a minute we are. It's a rare perspective these days, but you know, maybe not as much when you were at Everton. But what's it like being a local lad in the build-up to a Merseyside derby? It's stressful, like it's stressful just because you you know you're not going to like. I I knew sometimes I was never going to start, but mm. you got 150 people phoning your phone for tickets. Then <laughs> you know your mind's elsewhere running around for tickets when you should be focused on the game and. Well, you know, get the foreigners tickets. They won't have anyone coming, and it's it is it's it's stressful. But at the same time, it's it's really really exciting. You know, it's for me, it's a massive massive game, and you know, it's it's the first one you look for when the fixtures come out, and you know, the whole week with all the press that comes and everything with it, it's it's just super exciting. Do you feel a, an extra responsibility to try and educate or to try and make an impression upon the lads who aren't from uh, the Northwest or even from the UK, what it means? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I, I find that a lot. Um, even at like youth team reserve level, and that, we used to have a few foreign lads come in or a few lads not from Liverpool. You used to have to say to them in the changes, listen, like we're going to war here. We... Uh, you know, this is this is a game we can't lose type thing, and I know everyone is every game is, but there's just that extra bit of grit in your teeth when it's a derby, and and for me that that was something I used to try and delve into lads' heads. Yeah, I think I've I've seen it suggested that maybe sometimes because it's such a fine balance, isn't it, getting that aggression and that pride and the intensity that you need in a derby, and then not losing focus. And I've seen it suggested sometimes maybe that Everton have put too much emotional investment into, into games and the game plan might have gone or Liverpool have kept cooler heads. What, what do you think of that? Is that a fair comment? Or um, Yeah, you, you, you could say that, but um, just, just thinking back with me, man, I think Liverpool have, have had some red cards too and yeah. and some, some bad tackles. Yeah, I think, Gerard's I think been sent could, off a couple of yeah, times. yeah. I honestly can't put my finger on one thing why the results haven't been there for that long. Um, I certainly don't think it's it's a discipline thing, but you could say cooler heads on the ball, especially at, at Goodison. You know the fans of that that offer it and that um, what's the word I'm looking for? That not, not emotional, but that that like not pressure that they put on the team, but they're that emotionally involved and and the, and yeah. the lads feel that that they feel like they have to go 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 go. Yeah, with. Yeah. I remember I remember speaking to Carragher one time, and and this is when I was at Liv- I was at um, Everton and he was mm-hmm. at Liverpool and and we met up after the game and and I and never forget it was the game when Torres scored two and they beat us, and he said he said he feels more comfortable coming to to Goodison just for the simple reason how Everton pressed that much because of the the fans yeah. basically pushing them on and trying to suck the ball in the goal yeah. and it's easier to sort of. Not pop it round them, but you know it's easier to play if someone's sprinting at your full leather to pass round them rather than a team who sits back and try and break them down. And I always thought he was spot on, and and that's not just Everton Liverpool. That's that that's any team. You know, if you if you go to a team and 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 you've got a good football inside who who can pass it round you and you mm. go hell for leather, then 
you know, you, you, you're playing with fire, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I take your point there. What, what might be different this time is, is that um, arguably Everton now have got, as much, like, like we said at the top of, of the chat, they've got more quality possibly than ever, especially in terms of if you look at, obviously, James Rodriguez and Alan's come in and Richarlison's firing. So there shouldn't be that noticeable gap in, in quality on the ball anymore, should there? No, certainly not, no. And uh, and I think that's where, o- over the years, you, you, you look and Liverpool have been really strong in midfield. I look at Everton's midfield now and I think it's really, really strong. Like you said, Alan looks a player. Mm. Rodriguez is obviously a player. He's, you know, took to it like a duck to water mm. already. And you got DCL who's, who can't stop scoring. And like you said, with Charleston, I think he's been a big player this year. Not only like, you know, goals and assists, but I watched him at Tottenham, the way he holds the ball up, the, yeah. the work rate he put in, he, he, he was different class. And and then you've got Seamus, who, who's been there for that long, who's an unbelievable leader. He, he, he's a winner. He ain't going to be going into this game, taking it lightly or telling the lads, you know, hang on a minute, like, this is just a normal game. So for me, I think Everton are really, really looking strong. They're looking like a great team you look to the bench and they've got some good players to come on and make an impact from the bench as well so it's exciting times for this Saturday life it definitely is mate. just on Seamus as well I think I saw Ancelotti saying that he was he basically said he rates Seamus as highly as any of the captains he's he's coached which is an incredible compliment when you think of the, of the players he, he's managed at AC Milan and, and all around Europe but you you mentioned that you know you're obviously around when when Seamus was just coming through, like not that much yeah. older than you really. Um, although in football in terms he is, but you know yeah. it's mad to see now the, the longevity of his career and also what a leader he's become. You know he's he really is. A, he's not necessarily the loudest, but he really is a captain in in every aspect, isn't he? Oh, for sure, yeah. And- as soon as he got in and around the first team and that, he got really close to Phil Neville, Seamus, and it was the best decision he'd done, I think, because yeah. he learned everything off Fizzard and, um, you know, he, he he just had his head down, but he just soaked it all up. He was like a sponge. He just soaked everything in off, off, off what um, off what Fizzard was saying and, and doing. And, you know, he was a class captain and I think Seamus has got a little bit of Phil's aspect in him and, you know, he, even like just... Just his, his face. I, I seen a picture of when the lads were doing the dance when they scored, and Seamus's face <laughs> as he was walking off. That that was like a Phil Neville thing. Like Phil Neville would have done that. Like get back. Like the game's not over yet. Type thing. And, yeah. And and that's just the standard. The other that it's the ninetieth minute and you tune it up. They they're not switching off. And even when I went back to Everton second time, you, Seamus's um, his mentality is different class and the standards he has and. You know, if he sees anyone slipping, he's literally he's right on them. He's just a, he's just a winner. He really is. Yeah, and and then you know you saw at the end of last season. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't the best end of the season, and it was disappointing even in the circumstances of football being so challenged anyway, with with no fans and with the, with the huge gap in between. And at the end, I think uh, there was an interview with, with Seamus, and he, he said basically, standards aren't what we need. In training, he said the character isn't good enough, and that was something that Ancelotti said himself. It, do you think that message dropped home over the summer? Ancelotti said, "Go away and come back with a different mentality." And uh, you know, yeah. is that something that 
he's speaking through his captain there as well when Seamus is saying things to the cameras like that. Hundred percent. I think I remember the interview like it was yesterday because he said we've had, we uh, we can't hide behind a manager. We've, That's right. we've hid behind we've yeah. hid behind too many managers, and he's spot on. And like people say, oh yeah, he got emotional. And he might be saying stuff that should be kept. No, no, no. Like he's a winner. He wants to win. He's not there to make friends or you know be people's best man at weddings. He's there to win. You know we have a job to do, and that, and that's winning. And and for me that that interview was was different class and you know I, I didn't hear Ancelotti's one after that but Seamus's one was and and that's not him just saying that to the cameras and then going in and being like a mouse that's him he, he would have said that in the changes and then followed it onto the press and told them basically what he said and you need people like that like the sign I think the sign of a good even a good friend or a good manager a good manager a good captain is someone who tells you stuff that you necessarily don't want to hear yeah but but they tell you, you know, they're telling you the truth. Tell it's not to fall out with you. You'll probably go and have a coffee with the lads who he shouted that after. Still, it's just a win, and and that's what he is. He's a winner. Yeah, spot on. No, that's that's. Um, I'm sure every Evertonian will agree with that. And just lastly, mate, as well, we talk about positive, you know, sort of starts to the season, and, and with Dominic Carver Lewin, you couldn't have imagined or scripted a much more positive start than that. Because people talking about his form the last couple of seasons. No one's ever doubted his work, right? But he was the striker that didn't didn't score. He wasn't he wasn't clinical enough. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't see this transformation coming myself. I didn't think he would be as predatory as he's become. And what, what have you made of his, his transformation? I was at Chef United with Don when he was a kid. And we used to do training sessions and stuff. And he used to come up with the first team, but... I'd say he'd tell you this himself six or seven times out of ten. Mm. He wouldn't he wouldn't be in the training group. He'd have to like be on the side, maybe wait for someone to get injured or in case we needed a, a neutral who can play for both teams. And the kid never ever moaned. He 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 literally stayed behind after training. And he come in for a, cu- a couple of like cup games and done well. And his his work rate was never ever a problem. His attitude was never ever a problem. And then when Everton signed him, I wasn't surprised. And I know people say oh, I was only twenty threes, but I, I wasn't surprised because because mm. of all that, his athleticism is unbelievable. And yeah. he, he just needed a little tiny bit of coaching in terms of when to make the runs, when not to. But you know, a kid a kid at that age, uh-huh. you, you're never going to know that. I'm twenty eight now and still learning the game, so. He, um, you know, he's got big dunk. He had Franny for a little bit in terms of, you know, movement-wise. A lot, a lot of people argued he wasn't much better than Franny at the time. So he's got that, but now he's got the the, the class to, to 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 find them. You know, I'm not saying he hasn't had that, but when a team's fired, and I always find that the strikers are fired, and I'm right now Everton are fired, and he and he's firing with it. So it, it it's perfect match for both. Yeah. Obviously, there's a little enclave of blues in in Memphis. We were saying before we started recording that it's uh, it's postseason now f- for you in the states. Yeah. But will you and Tim Howard be swapping messages on on Saturday and watching the game at whatever hour it is? In uh, yeah, in, you know? it, it, it's it's at half six in the morning on Saturday. The game, oh. but um, when I was at, when I was in Memphis, I got a scarf off a off a group of Evertonians from Nashville, and it was called the the Tennessee Toffees uh, and then Nashville, Nashville, Everton in Nashville or something on, on the scarf. I've got yeah. it upstairs. Brilliant. So I, I said to me, mate, 
as a, as a thank you, I wouldn't mind reaching out to them and seeing where they're watching the match and go and watch it with all the blues from from over here, which would be nice. But then I seen it was at half six in the morning and thought, <laughs> <laughs> I might give that one a miss. But um, you know the no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna uh, reach out to them and see if there's anywhere we can watch it. If not, I'll just come down and watch it here. But definitely, definitely be watching it, mate. Yeah. Interesting listening. There, I hope that uh, Jose's. Uh, optimism is um, is definitely rewards and, not, and on the money. But really, uh, yeah, interesting to hear what he was saying about Seamus Coleman too. Well, thanks as ever, Pad, for uh, the insight and for the <laughs> the helicopter noises. <laughs> helicopter, it's a helicopter, not a plane, and it is not too far from my my flat. I can see it and can almost wave or or say something else to the the helicopter driver who's decided to get involved so wonderfully in in what we're doing <laughs> we do like to provide we yeah. do like to provide uh, our audio team with with some obstacles to to challenge um thanks so much to jose to paddy and to you all for listening and we'll be back next week hopefully dare i say it after a very important change in fortunes after 10 years right i've said too much already thanks for listening Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.